listening to episode 11 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build an online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. We're going to talk about sales copy today. I want to give you three steps that you can use to write better sales copy. This will help you sell more product, more service. This is going to help you if you sell via email or sell on a long sales letter format or sell over video or even sell on the phone. doesn't matter how you sell, what you sell, who you sell to, where you sell, short, long, doesn't matter. These three steps will help you. Now, before we jump in, if you're new to the show, new to business or new to online business, and you want to understand how does this engine work, I put together a workshop a while back on my passive income model. And what this workshop does is I teach you how to generate your first $1,000 a month of passive income in just 30 minutes a day. I walk through the four must-have components of a passive income business. I teach you how to create an automated money machine. I give you best tips and tricks and even templates for how I send out emails and what I send. I share what tools I'm using. I show you how to find the right people to sell to and how to sell to them automatically and how to do this when you have little time to get started and how to do this if you've never even done business before. We are living in the most amazing age where there is so much more that's possible now because of these tools, because of the internet, that you can take your knowledge, you can take your skills, you can take your experience, you can even take a brick and mortar business and turn it into an online business that has either a passive income element or is 100% automatic, which is my favorite. So check it all out for free at grahamcochran.com slash workshop. It's about 45, 50 minutes of content. So come ready to take notes. Just head over to the site, get ready, learn it. And then here's what I want you to do, uh, apply it. I want you to actually go do it. It's a great workshop, but not really great if you don't do anything with it. So take all of the information. It's just chock full of content and apply it and start or grow your online business. This method is how both of my online businesses are running. It's underneath everything that I do. So it kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit more on my system. So check it all out for free at grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Okay, today let's just dive into some nitty-gritty hardcore teaching on selling. Now there's a lot, a lot we could talk about with sales copy, and I can't get into all of it in one one show. But uh, I wanted to simplify some things for you. And I don't even really want to walk you through a um, a sales formula as much as those are helpful. Um, maybe we can do that another time. I wanted to almost before the formula, be, instead of just what you actually, actually say and when you say it, which I know is what a lot of us want. A lot of times when I've taught, um, you know, my sales formulas to students, they get the formula and they like it. They know what order to do what and when to say what, and that's helpful. But I've realized that a lot of times that formula is only but so helpful to them if they haven't done these other three steps underneath. If they don't get these three things underneath the formula, the formula doesn't work for them. So I was asking myself, how can I just simplify sales copy? How can I simplify selling? Um, And how would this be useful to you as quickly as possible? Came down to these three steps. Cool if we just jump into them? All right, cool. So step number one 
the most important step is to discover their external and internal problem. Okay, a great, great book on this is Donald Miller's How to Build a Story Brand. Okay, and I'll probably just review it here on on the show at some point. Um, but Donald Miller is a best-selling author. Um, he's written fiction books, and then he actually started a consulting company or a marketing company, and he sort of discovered or kind of put together a form of marketing for his own business that other businesses ended up asking him to teach them to apply to their business. And his marketing was based off of story and what he knows about storytelling, what makes a compelling story. And we're not going to get into storytelling in this episode because we don't have time. And you don't, is story is so important and powerful. And I, I want to talk about that in another episode. But at the same time, you don't need story to sell. I think it's more effective if you have story, but you don't need story to sell. So I'm not going to talk about that aspect of what Donald Miller describes, but he says, you know, like in in any good movie or book or whatever, there is some problem that the hero faces, okay? There is some problem that the hero faces. And there's not just a problem. There is two problems. There is the external problem, the one that is spoken, the clear problem, and then there's the internal problem, the thing underneath the thing that truly is a problem for the hero in the story. So, for example, in Star Wars, A New Hope, the original Star Wars, 1977, Luke Skywalker, his problem that he faces and the whole team behind him, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Chewy, right? R2D2, C3PO, the whole weird gang. <laughs> Their problem is there's this big bad enemy, Darth Vader, and there's this big bad weapon, the Death Star, and it's blowing up planets and they got to stop it. That's the external problem. Okay. We have to know that as an audience to feel that there's any tension or any risk in the story. There's, there's, there's a reason to watch. If we didn't feel like there was a problem, why would we watch Star Wars? There, there'd be nothing to watch. Every good story has a problem. But there's an internal problem that Luke Skywalker has, which is he wants to prove himself that he's not just a farmer, right? He wants to be a pilot. He wants to do something great with his life. He wants to get off of his home world, this desert planet that he's grown up in called Tatooine. He wants to explore the universe. He wants to see more. He wants to be important. He's this young kid. He wants to be a real pilot, a real soldier. He wants to amount to something. That's like the real internal problem. He wants to stop Darth Vader, blow up the Death Star. Yeah, but he wants to prove himself. Okay, why are we talking about Star Wars? Because if my wife's listening to this, she is tuned out. She freaking hates Star Wars. Love you, babe, but we know it's true. Your job as someone who has a product or service or whatever to sell is not just to build a good product, sell the product. Your first job is to analyze and study your potential customer and figure out what is his or her main external problem that your product's going to solve or your service is going to solve. But then what's the internal problem? Okay. So let's let's talk about some examples. Uh, for the recording revolution, I teach musicians how to record their music and make it sound better. So the external problem they have if they find me is I'm having a hard time making my recording sound professional. 
It's a problem. Maybe I already have the equipment. Maybe I've already played with it and I figured out how to record enough, but my recording sound amateur. That's a problem. I want them to sound professional. Okay. So when I'm selling, I'm going to speak to that problem a lot. I'm going to use language like this course, Mixing University or Total Home Recording or my Radio Ready System or whatever I'm selling is going to help you get professional sounding recordings. Because that's I'm speaking to the external problem when I use that language. But there's another problem. Okay, Underneath the problem of wanting to have a professional sounding recording is the problem of wanting to be perceived as a legit musician and a legitimate artist. So have why why do they want? Why do they want a professional sounding recording? That's the question you want to ask. When you find the external problem, ask yourself why is that a problem for them? Why do they want to solve that external problem? That will lead you closer to what maybe the internal problem or problems are. So for my students over at Recording Revolution, the internal problem is they want the external problem solved. They want their professional, their recordings to sound professional so that they look legit, so that they can be taken seriously, so that, okay, well, why do they want to look legit? Maybe it goes even deeper. Maybe they want to get their songs on the radio. Maybe uh, they want to book a gig and they need their recordings to sound amazing. Maybe, and this is a lot of my students, the internal problem, the reason they want the external problem solved of a professional sounding recording is to impress their friends. Interesting. So if I didn't know that, I would just sell to the external problem the whole time, which is I'll help you make a professional sounding recording. And that's great. That might be helpful and convincing. But if I know deep down inside that they want to impress their friends, they want their spouse or their friends to listen to their recording and say, whoa, did you get this done in a professional studio? Whoa. They, they want that feeling, right? That's the internal problem for a lot of them. So I speak to that in my messaging, in my sales copy, in my emails, on my sales videos, right? I talk about that. So your job your first job is to study your students, study your customers, study your clients, and discover their external and internal problem. Now, you can do this in a variety of ways. You can do this by literally asking them, what are your biggest challenges and frustrations right now related to X, Y, and Z? And they'll tell you. And then when you see an external problem, which is usually what they'll lead out with, um, you know, like if I'm a fitness instructor, they might say, oh, I just want to lose 10 pounds. Okay, that's that's the external problem. They're overweight, and so their desire is to lose 10 pounds. But why? So you could dive in. Cool, that's great. I think I can help you with that if you're just going back and forth maybe on a Facebook post with or in your Facebook group or by email or DMing a student back and forth. Why do you want to lose 10 pounds? What would that do for you? They might say, well, I feel like I would be more attractive. I'm, I'm dating, and I don't feel like I'm very attractive. Or maybe it's, for health reasons. Maybe it's they feel like they're, they're unhealthy and they're afraid they won't be there for their family if they're overweight. I mean, these are more internal problems, right? The external problem, I want to lose weight. What's the internal problem? Why do you want to lose weight? That's what I'd want to figure out if I'm a health coach or a fitness coach, right? So you can do this via email. You can do this on Instagram, Facebook. You can 
Do this by just snooping around other people's conversations so you can, if you're a part of a bunch of Facebook groups around your topic or your niche that aren't your groups, you can log into those Facebook groups and go to the search bar on the left in Facebook and search certain words or search certain things to see what conversations have already happened in the Facebook group and pay attention to what people say. Look up the most uh, popular articles or blogs that you find on, on Google when you search a topic. And then don't read the article, just go down to the comments and read the comments and see what people say. See what people are responding to those other people's content about. What are they divulging in a forum or in a Facebook group or on a comment? You're going to learn a lot about people in your topic and niche if you just look. So before you can sell anything effectively, you and I need to know what the external and internal problems are. And then we're going to speak to those a lot in our sales messaging. That could be in the, the very first headline, the hook, right? Which is the most important piece of copy on your site, by the way. That should probably speak to their external or, or internal problem. Or flip it around, the positive side of that, their external desire or their internal desire. What do they truly want, right? So that's probably the hardest of the three. And that's probably the one that most people don't do. At best, a lot of people selling stuff know what the external problem is. They rarely know the internal problem. So again, with my business here, coaching you with your online business, the external problem is generally my business isn't making enough money. The external desire is I want to grow an online business. Um, I want to quit my day job and grow this business, right? That's it's very clear. So you'll see me use language on how to make money, how to grow your income, how to speed up the process to grow your income, how to make your income more automatic. Okay, external problem. What's the internal problem? Internal problems are a, there are a wide variety of them. Uh, internal problem is, is I don't get to spend any time with my kids and I feel like they're growing up and they're going to be out of the house and they're not going to know their father. Whoa. So that's that's... That's really what it's about is being able to do life with their kids and be known by their kids and know their kids. And so to do that, they want an online business that requires less work of them so that they can be more available for their family. Very interesting. The internal problem could be something totally different. So you have to know there's so many of them for my students. And the more I know those internal problems, the better I can sell my products. So figure out the external and internal problem. Step two. Sell the benefits, not the features. This one's classic, classic mistake. No matter what it is we sell, we tend to want to just list out all the features. So if you create information products like I do, digital online courses, membership sites, features would be eight hours of HD video content. 30 workbooks, you know, uh, 500 action steps, you know, mobile access to the course, or even a built-in online community when you join the course. All of those are just features. They're just like describing what you get but a feature means nothing, means nothing to anyone. It's what that feature can do for the person. It's what is the benefit of that feature. 
That's all that really matters. Even when people say they're looking for specific features, it's because there's a benefit to those features, right? So your job is to understand better than anybody else, what are the benefits of your product or service? So for me, my courses, I don't ever lead out or mention like how long they are, how many videos they are, like that doesn't matter. What matters is what results will they get when they apply the material in this course? Will they create a passive income business? Will they be able to work only 10 hours a week instead of 50? Will they be able to discover what their profitable business idea is? Will they be able to 2X their, their income? without launching a new product or growing their audience? Like, what, what is the benefit? Okay, so you probably know like the overarching, hopefully, main benefit of your product or service, but can you bullet out even more benefits? There's something that uh, I learned from Brendan Bruchard a few years ago, five years ago. Um, he calls it the list of 100 benefits. And something that is an exercise that he recommended us business owners go through when we're outlining our product, especially in the outlining phase. If you haven't, if you're doing this after you've built the product, it's a little harder, but it still can be useful. And it's really simple. It's like you come up with a list of 100 benefits your customer will receive, your customer will receive after he or she purchases your product. And you start to think, okay, 100 benefits. That seems like a lot. It's a lot. Start listing, um, okay, let's just use my Mixing University course. Uh, benefit one, you'll know how to mix your music and make it sound professional. Oh, great. Okay, I have 99 more to go. Um, You'll be able to watch over my shoulder and see a step-by-step -step process where nothing is skipped so you know exactly what to do, when to do it, without any guesswork. Okay, that's, that's another benefit. Now I got 98 more to go. You start to realize, maybe I've got 10 benefits? And it starts to get really ridiculous. What this exercise forces you to do is sometimes better articulate the benefits. So maybe there's one core benefit, but really there's seven sub-benefits under that that you haven't unpacked. And it forces you to like unpack your main benefits and articulate very specifically what those sub-benefits are. Very important. A lot of times it makes you come up with more benefits, aka make the product better. Add content, add material, add something. I mentioned earlier like, selling a community, a private community as a feature of your product is just a feature until you explain what the benefit of that community is to your customer or student. Well, you won't have to follow along with this material alone. You will be a part of a community of like-minded people who are all bought in, who are supporting each other, cheering each other on, telling you that you can do it so you'll never be alone and you'll have accountability. Whoa, those are a ton of benefits. Never alone, have accountability, people to bounce ideas off of. I'm listing three or four benefits from that community just right now. So sometimes you need to add things to your product or add elements to your service to actually add benefits to what they're getting. So having to come up with a list of 100, and to be honest, I've never reached 100. 
I think the highest I've gotten with one of my products was 75. And that took me, took me a week and a half to like keep coming. I was like, well, what can I do here? But it's more about the process behind it. And what happens when you create this list of as many benefits as you possibly can is you now have an array of data, sentences, stuff to use in your sales copy. You've got a pool of benefits to just plug into your sales copy that will help you sell your product better because you've already done the heavy lifting. You've come up with the benefits and articulated them. That's what sells, not features. We tend to get insecure about our products, so we tend to list the features. But no, only we care about the features. Our, our potential customer doesn't care about the features. They want solutions to a problem. They want a path to the desire or the success they crave. Give that to them. Make sure your sales messaging is focused primarily on benefits, not features. Okay, so one, we've discovered their external and internal problem. That takes research. That's how you win. Because once you spit that back out to them, they're going to be, oh my gosh, this guy gets me. He knows exactly what I want. And they're going to keep reading and they're going to keep paying attention. Two, we're going to sell benefits, not features. And if we don't know what those benefits are, we're going to sit down and do a list of 100 benefits and force yourself to come up with some better benefits or better articulate those benefits. This will help your sales messaging. And third and final step is make them an offer they can't refuse. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. You know what I'm talking about, right? Literally, you don't want to make them an offer that they're like, eh. This might sound obvious. We're like, well, Graham, that's the whole point. Can you help me make offers or come up with offers they can't refuse? No. You come up with an offer they can't refuse. This isn't that hard. If it's hard, if you don't know what you can offer them that they can't refuse, you probably don't have a great product. So let me break this down for you because there's three elements to making them an offer that they can't refuse. I wasn't going to leave you hanging. I wanted you to stress a little bit. No, I'm going to teach you how to do this. It's all about showing them that they would be silly to not take you up on this offer. And that there's a, a lot of ways to do this. Typically, what we try to do or people assume the only way to make them an offer they can't refuse is to make them a super cheap offer. Heavily discounted, super low cost, tripwire product, blah, blah, blah. Eh. No, that's, that's a way if the value is clear and it's a no-brainer price. Sure, there's, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but don't assume that's the only way to make them an offer they can't refuse, okay? There's three things you want to do. When it comes to price, you want to do what's called price anchoring. Price anchoring is you've got a price that you want to sell your product at, a price that you think is a fair price for them and a price that you think is good for your pocket, right? It's The margins are high enough that it's worth it to you to sell it at this price, and you want to find that right price. Um, but you can't just say, here's the price. Especially if you're in a market where they don't know what you're selling should really go for. You have to anchor the price to something else that they do understand. So for example, when I'm selling a $200 course, let's say on uh, recording your music in your home studio, if I just say, hey, this is the course, it's amazing. It's gonna solve this external and internal problem. You're gonna get these benefits and they're all like, oh, great. When it comes to the actual offer, like here's what it is, here's what I'm asking for in price. I can't just say $200. I mean, I could, 
But now they're going to think, oh, is it worth 200 bucks? Do I have 200 bucks? Do I want to spend 200 bucks? It's not very compelling. My job is to anchor that price to something else. Because anytime you spend money, you're saying no to spending that money elsewhere. Everything is an opportunity cost, right? I'm There's the cost of the thing, but it's also the cost of me not having that money anymore that it could go to this other thing. So for example, I could spend $200 on your course, Graham, or I could spend $200 on a lot of donuts for the next few months. And you know, those are both pretty valuable to me. So I got to decide what I want to do here. So my job as the salesperson is to anchor that price to something that you're familiar with and to help it become an offer that you just can't refuse. So I would say something like after I mentioned the price, um, or even before the price, you can do this before the price. This works well too, where you sort of anchor down to your price is you, you show them what their other options are to achieve a similar result. And you show them what those prices are. So I'm selling a $200 course on recording your music. I would probably talk about audio school, going to audio college, right? This is minimum $40,000 for a four-year degree, minimum. That's like what it was when I went. A lot of programs are over $100,000 to learn how to be an audio engineer. So I'll say, hey, you can learn how to record music really well by going to audio school. But you know, that's gonna be $10,000 a semester for some of these places, $80,000 total, $100,000 total, right? That's an option for you. See how I'm anchoring my price to $80,000 or $100,000 or $40,000 or even $10,000 a semester, however I want to say it. I'm anchoring it to that. So they're like, oh, crap. Yeah, that's a good point. Then I could anchor it to something else that's even the same price but doesn't offer the same benefit. So I could say, or, you know, my course is 200 bucks, but you could spend your 200 bucks on a new microphone. You could get a decent microphone. But does that microphone guarantee you'll get better recordings? It doesn't. It doesn't teach you a skill. You, with a bad skill and a good microphone, you could still get a bad recording. Like, it's, it's knowledge. It's experience that you need. The microphone doesn't give you that. It's just a thing. So I'm anchoring sort of like equivocal anchoring. I'm anchoring that price of my product to a similar price of something else that they might say, well, maybe I should just buy a new microphone. That's going to be, that's what's going to make my voice sound like Taylor Swift. No, it's how you use the microphone. It's how you place the microphone in your room. It's all these things I'm going to teach you in the course. So I'm anchoring the price so that when they compare the $200 they would spend on my course and all the benefits they get that I've clearly articulated to the $200 they could spend on a microphone and the minimal benefits, if any, they get, or the $10,000 they'll spend on audio school to get the same benefits. They're like, dude, I'd be an idiot not to buy your course and to go these other routes. So price anchoring is huge. Another thing you need to do is show the true value. Show the true value. So again, this kind of goes back to the first step, which is, do you know their external and internal problem? When I'm making them the actual offer, here's my course, $200 or whatever the price is, I have to quickly come back to what they're actually getting. Why is this actually valuable? Because if you buy this course and you put this stuff into practice, six months from now when you're recording your next song or you're, you're finishing up your album, it's going to sound like you did it in a professional studio with a professional engineer, it's going to blow your friends away. I'm speaking to their internal problem, by the way. And I start to 
describe their future with my product and remind them of the true value. It's not $200. I don't want you to think about the money. It's what that money turns into, this true value over here, right? I could sell a course on how to start an online business and it has a cost, whatever the cost is of that course, people are like, do I wanna spend that? I have to show them the true value of the course. Think beyond the cost of getting into Graham's course. Think about the value. You will have an online business that's putting 2K a month, 5K a month, 10K a month into your bank account. And, and you have that forever. Fixed cost for my course, this amount of money. Ongoing income that's largely hands-free every month. That's way more than the cost of the course. And you'll have that knowledge. You can take it and build multiple businesses or grow your own business and you never have to pay me again. So I have to show them the true value. And you do this again, right when you've mentioned the price. You're price anchoring, you're showing them the true value. And the final thing you do to make them an offer they can't refuse is you take away all the risk. Take away all the risk. Now, we just talked about this on episode eight, I believe. We talked about refund policies and risk transfer. Go listen to that episode to get the whole skinny on why you need to prominently display your refund policy and why it needs to be called a no-risk guarantee. And what does that actually mean? The way you make them an offer they can't refuse is you take away any excuse, any potential risk, so they literally have nothing to lose. They literally would be silly to not try it out. They'd be silly to not try it out. Now, if they choose not to, if they refuse, that's fine. This doesn't mean it's going to make everybody buy from you. You can't control people. But you're making an offer that they literally would be silly to refuse. That's your goal. That's all you can do. If you do these three things, if you are hell-bent on discovering your audiences and your potential customers' external problem and being able to articulate it clearly, and then their internal problem that your product solves or your service solves, if you are committed to the process of figuring that out, writing it all down, copying and pasting their actual words that they use, copying that into a Google Doc, spitting back out to them, articulating back out to them what their external and internal problem or problems are, you're going to win, step one, because they're going to be like, this person gets me. This person understands my problem. You know, Jay Abraham, brilliant business mind, has said, the businesses that win are the businesses that better articulate their customers' problems than the competition. It's not who has the better product as much as who can best articulate the customer's potential problem. Because we all want to be understood. We all want to feel like somebody gets what we're, where we're at. And if I'm looking at a couple different companies and they all offer similar things and one person is clearly articulating my external need, my stated need and problem, and my internal need, my internal problem, dude, these people get me. They get it. I'm going to keep paying attention to them. So that's step one. Step two, sell from benefits. Don't sell features. Nobody cares about features. They care about what does this product do for me? What result am I going to get? How is this going to make my life better, happier, easier? You name it. The benefits. What are the benefits? People don't care. Like with me, you know, in the audio space, let's say, it's the same in the, in the business space, but in the audio space on the recording revolution side of things, they don't want an online course. Okay? 
that's just a vehicle for what they truly want. They want their recordings to sound freaking amazing, like what you hear on the radio. And if my online course is the vehicle that gets them there, so be it. They're also looking at for that solution in other vehicles. They're buying more equipment. They're buying more expensive software, right? So if I'm a microphone manufacturer, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to try to sell the benefit. I'm not going to sell my microphone, although that's what a lot of them do. Like, you know, it's gold-plated. It's crafted in Germany. Like, who cares? This microphone's actually made in Australia, by the way. So if you're from Australia, props. Rode makes great microphones. But I don't care what it's made out of. I don't care what internal features it has. What do I care about? My voice sounding awesome, my recording sounding amazing, right? So if I'm a microphone manufacturer, I would sell the same way I sell my courses. I would sell the benefits. You're going to get amazing sounding recordings. It's going to impress your friends. The vehicle just happens to be a microphone. So again, people don't buy the feature or the thing, they buy the benefits. It's the old adage, right, that People don't go to Home Depot or a hardware store to buy a drill. What they want is a hole. That's why they buy the drill. Take it even deeper. They don't even really want a hole. They want to hang their photo of their family on their wall or hang a shelf to display their family photos. That's ultimately what they want. You could go even deeper. They don't really want to hang their family photos on their shelf. They want their house to be inviting and to reflect all the things and the people they love. They want a beautifully decorated home that makes them feel good about themselves. They want to be in an oasis. That leads them to wanting to have a picture of their family on a beautiful shelf on the wall. They need holes in their wall to get that shelf up there. They need a drill to get the holes in the wall so they go to Home Depot or a hardware store to buy a drill. Mortgage companies do this. Goodness gracious. What is a mortgage? Nobody wants a mortgage. I mean, the, it's the literally, it's Latin for the words death pledge. <laughs> like nobody wants a death pledge, right? They don't want a mortgage. They don't want debt. They don't want to make payments. They don't want to pay interest. They'd rather not think about that. So, Home lenders, mortgage lenders, if they're smart, they don't sell the mortgage. They sell the dream of home ownership. Imagine yourself in the home of your dreams. It's big, it's spacious. You feel like you can raise your family here. You're part of the community. You're not a renter anymore. Like they're gonna, if they're smart, they're gonna sell to those benefits. Okay, the vehicle to get that home and to be a homeowner and to build wealth or whatever the benefit is, is a mortgage. That's what they're selling. So you see the difference, right? So you sell benefits, not features. You sell what they actually want, not your thing. The thing doesn't matter. It's if it can get them a thing. That's all that matters, right? They don't care what way in what way it comes. And then finally, make them offers they can't refuse. Look at your offers and ask yourself, would I just pass on this offer myself? If so... Maybe it's too expensive, possibly, but it's not about being expensive or cheap. It's about showing the true value and price anchoring and making it risk-free for them. There's plenty of expensive things that we all buy. It's not that cheap things are the only things that sell, right? Otherwise, Mercedes and BMW would be out of business. It's not that cheap is what sells. It's that 
you need to communicate the true value, anchor the price to something else, and take away the risk. Take away the risk. So if you can do these things, these three things, however your style of sales copy, however the format, long, short, video, written, email, social, whatever, you will sell better. Because these are fundamental truths of selling. And yeah, it takes a little bit of work. Yeah, and it's not a formula, but they're really foundational principles that will help you be a better copywriter. Even if you don't want to be a copywriter, you're in sales. We're all in sales. Even if you're trying to sell your idea, if you're trying to be an author, you have to understand the external and internal problem, let's say, of the, the, the audience for your nonfiction book. You got to be able to sell the benefits of your book as to why it'll change their life, why they should spend 12 bucks with you, right? You got to make them an offer they can't refuse. So selling our ideas, selling ourselves, selling our brands, everything involves understanding these three steps. Now, a good way to get started is to build products that you know already fit this category, right? Instead of having a product and then like, crap, how do I sell this product? Well, I got to figure out their problems. Well, not just external, internal. I got to figure out the benefit. No, it's better that you don't build a product and then try to figure out a way to sell it. It's better to just build products that people want to buy. It's a lot easier that way. Way, way easier. So the way I do this is by focusing on creating content that I can test out ideas and see what content really resonates with my audience. Use your free content. That's why we talked about which comes first, the product or the content. I think this is episode nine. I got to pay attention. Which comes first? Your, your content's got to come first, not your product, because you, you don't know what to sell. So create your content, figure out what's the winners, figure out, use that content to better find out their external and internal problems to better find out what benefits they're truly looking for. And then from there, develop products that they want to buy. This is so, so critical. I talk about this in my passive income workshop because I, I don't think passive income works if you just have a product, even if it's digital. You have to have a killer product, a product that's virtually guaranteed to sell. And so, Inside of my passive income workshop, I show you how to build products that are virtually guaranteed to sell and what kind of products don't sell. It's so critical to this whole thing working. And I want to show it to you. It's free. This whole workshop breaks down how to come up with your idea, <laughs> how to create content around that idea, how to build an audience around that content, and then how to build a digital product to sell to that audience automatically. I even walked through sort of a framework of how I like to sell in my email funnel. And it's going to apply all of this stuff. You're going to see how this works out beautifully. And you can just literally rip what I'm doing. You can copy what I'm doing and apply it to your online business. So check out the Passive Income Workshop. It's really going to help you out. It's going to break it all down for you. It's free. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Put in your email. Watch the workshop. Take notes. And then... What I want you to do, especially in light of this conversation, is pay attention to how I figure out what the external and internal problems are, how I discover what benefits people want, and how I use that to sell that digital product back to these people in my email funnel. Once you get a picture of how that's all working together, I think this is going to make a little bit more sense for you. 
And then you'll be unstoppable because you'll be able to come up with stuff to sell people because you'll know what their problems are. And that's all entrepreneurship is, is solving problems, right? In the last episode, we talked about selflessness. It's the missing key. It's the missing piece to business. Being others-focused, putting their interests above your own, right? You got to know what their interests are before you can build a product and sell it to them. Sales copy isn't about like fancy words, isn't about manipulation. It's about giving people what they truly want and communicating those benefits back to them and addressing their external problems and their internal problems. See, see how simple it is when we, we view it from that framework? So check out the workshop. I think it'll help you, grahamcochran.com slash workshop. And then let me know. Leave me a review on iTunes. Let me know if this episode was helpful to you. You can always email me, graham at grahamcochran.com. Let me know what you think and what you want to see in a future episode. I want to create content that helps you. I want to be able to solve your external problems, start a business, grow a business, make more money, work less. But I want to solve your internal problems too. So let me know what your internal problems are. Maybe we can speak to that and I can better serve you. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. I really appreciate the time. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Best of luck in your business this week. I'll see you on another episode real soon.